Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to episode 33, Trevor. 33. 33 Professional Insights. We're well over 1,000 listens right now. Maybe even 2,000 Maybe even 2,000 because we're Mm -hmm. that good. We also have uh, a sponsor. For yes. all of our guests, so and we're uh, welcoming guests, more sponsors. We're welcoming more like. sponsors, but thank you very much to Brand Boulevard for uh, sponsoring all of our guest gifts, um, in which I'll introduce our guests in a second. Uh, but uh, I'm Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. Trevor Lindy. And we have the privilege to uh, have a couple of my colleagues in the industry: uh, Henry Keller and Michael Machurniak, otherwise known as Mo. Uh, Moach, whatever, we call you a bunch of different things. Thanks very much for taking time out of your busy days, gentlemen. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the invite. Um, so a uh, couple things that uh, we, we rely heavily on you to, myself and our, our team, um, regarding, unfortunately right now, uh, when, when everyone's listening to this, we're a couple months, about a month or so, uh, removed from the announcement of uh, the Oshawa plant closing of General Motors. Um, and then also in the last about a year and a half, we've experienced uh, Sears going bankrupt in in Canada. And a lot of questions that I get, even with uh, Josh, you probably get them a lot too with your clients, sure. is uh, my pension, defined benefit pension plans. Right. Uh, Henry, uh, do you want to touch on that? Just to kind of just give us a quick synopsis. Yeah, I mean, a quick synopsis is, you know, a pension is only as strong as the underlying employer, right? So people think that they have a pension, they're, they're set for life. But sometimes you really have to look at the strength of your employer, and whether that is the best option. And people do have options with when they retire, what they typically can do with their pensions. So um, when we talk about the strength in, in, their, in their employer, so there's a couple pillars there. So there's how long are they going to be in Canada for or be in business for, but also uh, how much have they funded the pension plan, uh, correct? Correct. Correct. I mean, p- pension plans are subject to, you know, valuations on a regular basis. And, and what happens when actuaries take a look at the funding within the pension plan is they, they look and, and they gather all the data in terms of, you know, how many people are employed, how many people are retired right now, bring in all the calculations of what type of salaries people have had and the calculations determine how much pension they're entitled to. And the actuaries then determine how much funding needs to be in the plan today such that if we stopped there was enough money in the plan to pay each and every person their entitled pension for as long as they're alive and so on an ongoing basis the money's invested within the pension plan and and they tend to be a little bit more conservative but you also have exposure to the markets and to you know changing interest rates and so on an ongoing basis there may be shortfalls because market pulls back and the employer is going to have to, you know, put additional funds into it. Or, you know, people tend, well, with medical advances and people being healthier, you know, the, 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 the life expectancy is getting longer, which means there needs to be more money in the pot. So the employer is going to continue to be on the hook for future pension payments that these people have earned over their working life. And so there may be situations where if all of a sudden life expectancy goes from an average age of you know 84 to 86 the likelihood is the employer is going to have to put in more money to make sure there's enough there to continue to pay these pensions for all these people i think we're getting into a generation that it's quite possible they will be retired longer than they've actually worked for the employer absolutely i believe that's going to happen um but even and, and to bring an analogy i don't know if it fits perfectly but 
I mean, you hear speculation a lot of times from people and just word of mouth about even the Canadian pension plan, mm -hmm. government funded, whether it's going to be meaty enough to be able to uh, fund our baby boomers and then what, whatever will be left at the end of the day for our generation. Yeah, and that's why you always see these these tweaks to the plan. You know, we went through a big overhaul a few years ago and, and you know, now they're saying, okay, the CPP plan is good for the next 75 years, but you constantly see tweaks yeah. that, hey, we need to make sure that this continue to be there. Yeah, so, but if the employer goes uh, down, what happens to the pension? Well, you take an example of Sears. I mean, I don't have intimate knowledge of it, but, you know, when Sears went bankrupt, you know, their pension plan was underfunded, you know, potentially maybe 20%, right? Which means that here and today, there's 80% of the funding that we need to cover what is expected to be the lifetime pension streams. And so if Sears is no longer an opera, a viable business and is no longer in Canada, then there's no more money coming into the pension plan. So the pension administrators then have to make that decision to say, okay, if we only have 80% of the money we need, then everybody's going to take a 20% haircut on what they're entitled to. So even those people who retired 10 years ago and think that, okay, I've got a $2,000 pension per month for the rest of my life. Yeah, crazy, yeah. When everything gets, when the dust settles, they may all of a sudden get to the point where, okay, you're only going to get $1,600 a month now for the rest of your life. Wow. Right? That's got to be a shock to a lot of people. Eh? Absolutely, right? And so that kind of goes back to the question. We get a lot of a lot of requests for annuity quotes because there are options when a person retires that typically you have the option to say, okay, yes, I'll take the pension that the that is gonna be paid out of the pension plan. The other option is I can take what's known as the commuted value, being what is the what is the value today of that lifetime stream of pension? What is that worth today? Right? I can take that amount. Or the third option typically is I can go and use that commuted value to go purchase an annuity from an insurance company, right? And so there are ramifications, there are pros and cons of, of each one of those options. So if we can just touch on briefly, obviously a lot of people are very familiar with the commuted value concept. And that's known as a big bag of money. Big bag of money, <laughs> basically they take the future liabilities of, of the corporation and just go, how much would that person have to invest today in order to get the same return on investment. And, and really, it all, there's a mitre of factors. However, they come up with a said number. Correct. And that can fluctuate from the th three months ago when you started kicking the tires of whether or not you're going to retire or whether or not you're going to get severanced out to three months later, markets are doing better or markets are doing worse. That amount can fluctuate. I think the, the biggest driving force is, is certainly interest rates. Because if I say, if I need to say, how much money do I need today that I can then get $2,000 a month for the rest of my life. Well, if interest rates are at 2% versus 2.5%, that is a huge difference when you're talking 30, 40 years. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So the fact that, you know, in a short period of time, like just over the last year, interest rates have gone up, right? Someone who looked at their commuted value at the beginning of 2018 versus say at the beginning of 2019, their commuted value will in all likelihood go down because interest rates have risen. And so therefore, if you're in investing at 2.5% rather than 2%, I don't need as much money today mm -hmm. to get that same stream of income into the future. That's right. great. So you now touch on the annuity piece, uh, if you could. Just in layman's terms, I mean, I obviously know these guys around the table pretty much know 
but just in layman's terms, what is an annuity? Because the financial institutions out there do not push it. Correct. So uh, an annuity, the simple term, the simple way that I explain it is an annuity is almost like a reverse mortgage. When, when I was 25 and going to buy my first house, I didn't have the money that I needed. So I have to go to the financial institution, you know, to a lending agency to say, I need 200,000, 300,000, $500,000 to buy my house. So the bank lends me that money and then I pay it back over time until I've completely paid it back. An annuity is essentially the opposite. Annuity is I have money that I want to invest so that I get an income stream for the rest of my life. The challenge is I don't want to take the risk of volatile markets or changing interest rates or I can't tell you how long I'm going to live. And so if, if I if I plan that I think I'm going to live for 20 years, but in fact I live for 30, I may run out of money and that's going to cause me a lot of problems. So an annuity is I'm offloading this risk to the insurance company. So I say, okay, if I have $200,000, I would give $200,000 to an insurance company. They do the calculations and say, okay, based on today's rates and, and how long we think you're going to live, we are going to pay you $2,000 a month for the rest of your life. And if you live 10 years, I know I get $2,000 a month for, for that whole 10 years. If I live 40 years, they will pay me $2,000 a month. So all the risk is on the insurance company. And also too, there's also a segment because unlike, well, Ontario is the only province that actually has a some sort of a fail-safe insurance backing of, of defined benefit pension plans. However, General Motors and Chrysler forewent that benefit when they got the bailout in 2008. Actually, I believe it's only G GM, that's, GM that is no part of that okay. guarantee. Um, so... The good thing is, is by law, the insurance companies have to insure this annuity. Well, what happens is there's, a, there's an industry organization called Assurus that all insurance companies pay into. And what Assurus does is if, if, I, if I get an annuity from an insurance company, the guarantee that is there is I will get a guarantee of $2,000 per month or 85% of an amount if it's in excess. Mm -hmm. And so... If an insurance company that I purchased the annuity with goes under, this entity called Assurus guarantees that I will continue to get my money. And in the last 152 years, how many insurance companies have gone under? Uh, there have been a few, but in, in my knowledge, no, nobody has lost on their insurance policies or annuities. Because typically, because typically another insurance company will will take over you know, the responsibilities and, and, and so no one really has fallen short thus far. And, and Mike, uh, if you want to chime in here, just regarding the, just, you keep talking about uh, uh, working with a professional and the importance of, of that. Do you want to touch on that and just, well, like, yeah, when with, it comes with to... Yeah, with an annuity, annuities aren't purchased, purchased direct. You're going to be work, you're gonna have to work with a professional. So in this case, it's uh, when you're thinking about a guaranteed cash flow for life, the first call you should be making is to your financial advisor. Great. Um, guys, any other questions around the table about that? Like, so let me just sum it up. So, yeah. annuity is basically almost like creating your own pension for yourself. Absolutely. So speak. Absolutely. That's actually a perfect and, and, way of doing it. And is it cash flow based? Like, if you have cash available, that not necessarily age specific. It's not necessarily age specific, but certainly the younger you are, the less benefit you get. Because really, an annuity, what you're doing is you're pooling the risk. So, an insurance company, they're 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 pooling. The, the funds of everybody, of all their, the people that want to buy annuities. And so in some cases, people are going to die earlier, some people are going to die later. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, so one of the biggest kind of concerns that people have when they're looking at an annuity is like, okay, so I'm going to give the insurance company, let's say $200,000, and it's going to pay me that $2,000 a year for the rest of my life. Well, what happens if I die after two years? Yeah. Is that $200,000 gone? There's, you can certainly put different types of guarantees in place. So I can purchase that annuity that says, I'm going to get paid an X amount per month for the rest of my life, but at a minimum, if I, it will last for 10 years or 15 years or whatever that number. But you have to understand, the longer the guarantees that you put in, the lower the amount sure. is going to be because the insurance company knows they have to pay for yep. 10 years or 15 years. You have makes to pay sense. for the extra features. Yep. Right? Yeah, it makes sense. You can picture a, a, a bell curve. Yep. Right? There's going to be winners and losers. Uh, uh, a personal example, my grandmother, 100 years old. She, oh, nice. I, the other day, I, I'm, and I'm thinking, what is funding grandma's retirement? And she's in the old folks' home and so on. It's north of probably five grand a month and so on. Grandma doesn't come from a lot of money. True story, it's a joint annuity purchased back in the late 80s. Well, think about where interest rates were at that time. Brandon? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Versus Double digits through today. the roof. Right? Yeah. So the, the pricing on that annuity is very different than the pricing of today's annuity, right? So winners and losers, picture that big bell curve. You know, somebody could. What age are the bulk of people that are acquiring annuities? Yeah, so I would say the the lifetime annuities. I mean, you're typically looking at 65 plus. I'd almost even say the sweet spot is kind of mid, low to mid 70s, because by that point, you probably have a general sense of how healthy are you. You know, are you feeling good? You know, are your parents still alive? You know, so you get a sense of am I going to be around for for a long time? And therefore, mortality. You own. You you know your own mortality more more so. And so do the insurance companies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's easier to price and you kind of know the benefit. Now, at the same time, you can purchase an annuity that is based on just a fixed period. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people may say, you know, I'm going to retire at age 50 or 55, you know, and maybe I just want something for the next 10 years that I have a guarantee payment. And then maybe I start tapping into my, my RIFs or my RSPs at that point. Right. So, yeah. but generally for someone who's looking at it for a lifetime stream, you're, you're probably... You know, 65 plus, but I'd say more of the sweet spot is probably your mid-70s where you really get a lot of benefit from it. Okay. Another idea, though, is, is annuities for cash flow for retirement, but what about annuities for estate planning? You know, what if you want to leave leave money to to one of your beneficiaries in your will, but you know that that person is not going to be good with the money? Mm-hmm. Well, this is, a, this is another tool that... Uh, trickles it out to them. Correct. This is that's phenomenal. So rather than get all the money and blowing it partying or something for kids, for example, if you want to, like I would have done if I was eighteen. Hundred percent. Exactly. So you can work with your lawyer. You can work with your financial advisor. So you can set this up accordingly. Yeah. Right. Good. Well, thanks very much, guys. I think do you guys have time to stay around for another episode? Because I we we've got a couple more questions that we probably want to ask on a on a different topic on a couple different topics. Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks very much. Uh, you guys will be getting your Brand Boulevard little gift pack uh, before you leave today. So uh, thanks, Brand. Thanks, Brand Boulevard, for sponsoring all of our guests. Um, uh, Trevor, how do they listen? How do they share and care? Apple, Apple TV, TV, of course. <laughs> Apple TV, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify. <laughs> Those are the only two. <laughs> Stitcher, yeah, Google. Uh, if you do come to us from iTunes, please leave a review there. Uh, one to five stars. One star. Tell us why. Uh, five stars. No. Uh, no explanation necessary. So it helps get the exposure out there for the show. So thanks for listening, guys. Keep the questions coming. Help Thank us you. Help you get informed. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. Out.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.